Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is December 7th, 2022, and our first story, Elon Musk fired the Twitter deputy general counsel who turned out to be the former FBI general counsel. That's right. The FBI had infiltrated Twitter and was directing censorship efforts. They even had a direct portal to censor content. The scandal is deepening. In our next story, crime, it's through the roof. Democrat policies are making things worse. This is the collapse of Western civilization. Maybe it won't be total. Maybe it'll only be a slight pullback or a culling of sorts. But young people are depressed. Democrats keep winning and their policies keep failing. Maybe it's on purpose. In our last story, why can't we communicate with these people? Rod Stewart thought his 11-year-old had a heart attack. And the left reacted in a strange way, and so did the right. Well, let's talk about it. We'll break this story down. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. In a shocking revelation, disgraced former FBI lawyer James Baker was apparently general counsel at Twitter suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story and the Twitter files. We learned this yesterday. A new release was supposed to happen. Something was jamming it up. And then all of a sudden, we were shocked to discover that this guy who was deeply involved in the Russiagate hoax and the Alpha Bank hoax, a guy who framed or let's be careful here, presented a false story against Donald Trump, which led to his impeachment. This guy was working at Twitter and he was vetting, i.e., going through any documents that would be given out to Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, effectively suppressing the story. Elon Musk fired this man. I want to start with the story. We've talked about it a couple weeks ago. Elon Musk, back in, I think around 2008, he was, uh, or sometime around then, was dealing with leaks coming out of, I believe it was Tesla. Somehow, everything that they were putting out, all these emails, kept getting to the press. So what did Elon Musk do? He sent out a company-wide email, basic information about something that may be happening. Then he waited. Eventually, the press got the email. Elon Musk immediately knew who the leaker was and fired the person. How? You see, the emails that were being sent out were not generic company-wide emails. They were individually sent emails. Somewhere in the email was a secret double space. Brilliant. The individual who was leaking assumed they had received a generic company-wide email, sent it to the press. Elon and his crew looked at the email and then saw a double space here on line three, you know, five words, and boom, 
That was the email sent to so-and-so. They were then able to locate this individual and fire him. There's a lot of interesting speculation as to how this happened. And I'll, sh- and, I'll, and I'll talk to you about who James Baker is first. We did talk about it a bit last night on IRL. But I want to point out a very interesting idea. These, these Twitter files on the suppression of the Hunter Biden story were supposed to go out to Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss and were being held up. But what information was being held up? Apparently in the reporting, Elon Musk says there's evidence the government was directly involved. Matt Taibbi says, I've seen no evidence the government was directly involved. Jack Posobiec and Michael Tracy both have viral tweets explaining that Yoel Roth of Twitter was in communication contact with the FBI, the DNI, DHS, the federal government executive branch for years was in communication, having meetings with Twitter. In 2020, Yoel Roth was explicitly told to expect hacked materials and it would relate to Hunter Biden. For them, it was a problem. The material wasn't hacked. They couldn't prove that it was. And in no way did it violate any policies. So they just lied. Mark Zuckerberg said something similar. The FBI apparently had the the laptop evidence against Joe and Hunter Biden, both and others for for, uh, I believe, about a year before this. And they did nothing except go and try and suppress the story. Now, how is it that information did not get out to the public in the initial release? Jack Posobiec says it's quite simple. The former FBI general counsel was the one filtering the information. So perhaps Elon Musk knew this. Perhaps he simply forgot this guy worked here because he didn't know. It was an oversight. Or maybe Elon Musk wanted to see exactly what information would be withheld. Maybe he wanted to see if these documents, there's a thousand. Well, I'm just saying a thousand. Let's just say a hard number. Let's say a hundred. You give a hundred documents to a guy. Then you wait. Then you contact Matt Taibbi and say, what did you receive? And you can see exactly what was being withheld. Not too dissimilar to what Elon Musk did with his tracking down the leakers story. The simple solution, I suppose, is that Elon just screwed up. He didn't realize this guy was here despite being warned about it. But let me let me tell you about who this guy is. Let's let's talk about who this guy is. Shant Misrobian on Twitter, uh, writing and talking at Inquire More, says just to catch everyone up, a former FBI official who was deeply involved in Russiagate and who was then planted at Twitter was discovered to have combed through the Twitter files without telling Elon Musk before they were released to Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss. Can't make this up. According to Musk, he didn't become aware of this until Sunday. After the files were made public, the official James Baker was then fired by Musk. Sean Davis, I believe of the of the Federalist co-founder, says, I am shocked to learn that the FBI lawyer who signed off on an illegal FISA warrant containing fabricated evidence meant to deceive the federal courts was also involved in a corrupt scheme to hide evidence about the FBI's role in censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. It might be time for A.G. Eric Schmidt to depose Jim Baker under oath. Shant then points out, as evidenced from this exchange with Mike Cernovich in April, Musk was at least at one point made aware of Baker and his background. Now this, I think, is a bombshell. Mike Cernovich, I I think I retweeted this from Mike Cernovich, to be completely honest. Cernovich says, Twitter lawyer Jim Baker 
when general uh, when general counsel of the FBI personally arranged a meeting between the FBI and Michael Sussman. In this meeting, Sussman presented fabricated evidence in the Alpha Bank matter. Elon Musk, this is who is inside Twitter. He facilitated fraud. The Alpha Bank matter, Russiagate, etc. This was a hoax against Donald Trump. They claimed that his his uh, servers were connecting with Russian banks or something of that matter. It's all nonsense. Donald Trump was found never to have colluded with Russia. It was all fake news, and it was used to justify impeachment of Trump. Elon Musk responded to Mike Cernovich, 8.09 p.m. April 26, saying sounds pretty bad. Now, a fair reading? Elon Musk doesn't remember every single thing anyone's ever said to him. He sees, something, he sees this thing tweeted at him in April. He gets the company in, what, November, late October? And then he's like, I don't remember any of this stuff. You know, it was a passing comment on Twitter. Maybe. But Elon Musk tried to back out of the purchase. And I've suggested this, several others have. Maybe Elon Musk realized just how much of a hive of scum and villainy Twitter was, notably with government involvement, and said, I can't get involved in this. My theory, or hypothesis, I should say, was that Twitter probably had several national security letters instructions from the federal government as to what they have to do. I mean, imagine this. You're some woke trust and safety guy. The FBI contacts you and says, this is what we're going to do. What do you think this person said? He probably said, oh, okay, I guess. Elon Musk sees that and says, oh boy. And then uh, maybe decides he doesn't want to own this company. Well, they make him do it. And this is what's happening. So it's very strange. I wonder why. Perhaps the, ultimately the sale took place because they said, let's keep some components within Twitter. I would also be willing to bet, good sir Elon Musk, there is a, a remote access tools on, on your servers, which you will never be able to find. There's probably employees who are plants who are going to be leaking. That's why I fired so many people. This is a daunting task for Elon you, you are going to find, oh, look, he fired like half of people. Then he fired a whole bunch more and you still had this guy in there. Still had him. Some are expressing skepticism, Shant says, that Musk wasn't aware of all of this, but it's also not that hard to fathom. Motivated rogue employees can get away with a lot of large bureaucratic organization. You'll remember that the actual decision to censor the Hunter Biden laptop store was essentially made behind then CEO Jack Dorsey's back. According to the reporting from Matt Taibbi, Dorsey had to later clean up the mess and he even apologized for the decision, saying it was a mistake while testifying before Congress. Perhaps. One person says, passive voice doing a lot of work with the was planted. Are you making a claim about FBI behavior? Michael, your response. Silly. You think that the guy who tried to frame or worked towards a hoax against former President Trump just arbitrarily gets hired at Twitter did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online. 
up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Twenty eighteen, Yoel Roth writes at the FEC he's in contact with the FBI, the DHS, DNI, Director of National Intelligence. And uh, he gets forced out because of this scandal. And then he works at Twitter, who is still in regular communication with the FBI. Spare me. Now, of course, we can be um, pedantic and dig into the minutiae of what words mean. The, that he didn't work for the FBI. The FBI is an organization, and as soon as he's fired, he's no longer FBI. Come on. A government actor who is seeking to subvert our democracy. It's a joke. I know we're a democratic republic. Constitutional republic with democratically elected officials. He's seeking to subvert the American way in our government. And then he goes and works for Twitter, where they're actively pursuing this stuff. How do you think the meetings began to take shape? Do you think the guy... The former general counsel of the FBI wasn't, didn't know the people he was talking to when the FBI made contact with Twitter and said, hey, some hacked information's coming. They walked in the room and said, Jimmy, what up? Fist bump. They knew him. Of course they did. So yeah, spare me. Jack Posobiec tweeted, this goes back to what I put out on Saturday. Yoel Roth had already publicly declared to the FEC that they censored the Hunter laptop at the guidance of the FBI. So why wasn't that in the, twi- in the Twitter files? Because Baker scrubbed it. That's why. You ready for the bombshell? Eliza Blue. Bruh, you had the whole ass FBI in old Twitter and you still didn't deal with the child abuse material problem at scale. Eliza. It was on purpose. Now it starts to get a whole lot darker, doesn't it? For years, there have been images, videos, and trafficking happening on, happening on Twitter. And many people were saying, why is this not being taken care of? Why not? It's even worse than you realize. Not only was it not being taken care of, there was former FBI working with Twitter. There were regular meetings between the DHS and Twitter. And they did not stop it. Now, I suppose the argument could be made from from them that, well, it's a honeypot. They want to see who's posting it so they can go track them down. I don't believe you. Sorry. Yeah, there was a little old thing called Fast and Furious, where the U.S. federal government was providing weapons to the cartels. But it was to try and track where the weapons went. Those weapons were then used to kill U.S. personnel. Sorry, I don't believe you. I think y'all are just the bad guys. Elon Musk tweeted on December 2nd, tune in for episode two of the Twitter files tomorrow. The next day, he said, looks like we need another day or so. That's when they discovered it was Jim Baker. Jack Dorsey chiming in saying, if the goal is transparency to build trust, why not just release everything without filter and let people judge for themselves, including all discussions around current and future actions? Make everything public now. I, I don't disagree. Some have suggested to just release the documents to WikiLeaks. I got to be honest with you. Uh, Matt Taibbi was an excellent choice. I question the choice of sending Barry Weiss files as well. I like Barry Weiss. 
I think her commentary and her, uh, um, you know, her editorial content is is, is good. I think uh, Barry is actually uh, quite great, to be completely honest. But in terms of getting these documents out and having the story hit a grand slam, I don't know why Barry Weiss would be the choice. You know, Barry Weiss has a substack. Uh, they, they, they write inter- interesting things. They've had very interesting stories, very important stories. But uh, not this kind of stuff. We need um, Matt Taibbi, I think, was the perfect, perfect choice for this. Uh, Matt is, is, an, is, a le- is a living legend in terms of his reporting. He's, 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 uh, uh, he wrote about Victor Shokin and Burisma, how there were active investigations into Burisma when Joe Biden came to intervene and get the prosecutor fired. That's just one example of the things that Matt Taibbi has worked on. I think he does a great job. Barry Weiss wrote about the intellectual dark web. They, she writes about cultural stuff. No disrespect. Again, I think Barry Weiss is fantastic. I just think the Twitter files probably needs to go to WikiLeaks, Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald. I'm not the biggest fan of Glenn Greenwald either. I think Glenn's, uh, look, I've criticized him in the past. I don't think anybody is, is above uh, criticism. But I think even Glenn Greenwald would, have, would, would be a, a good choice for this. So Glenn starts talking. Uh, let, let me read this thread. Matt Taibbi mentioned former FBI general counsel James Baker was fired. Glenn says, it's been a bit difficult to maintain the U.S. security state had no role in Twitter censorship regime when the general counsel of the FBI, centrally involved in Russiagate and all sorts of politicized abuses, ended up as Twitter's deputy general counsel with pause and everything. Barely a month ago, L.H. Fang and Ken Klippenstein published a batch of previously secret documents proving how centrally involved DHS is in big tech censorship schemes. Yoel admitted he met with, them, uh, met with them and FBI Weekly. None of this is in doubt. I want to give a special shout out to Ken Klippenstein. In response to the story that he published, I said it may be one of the most consequential stories of our generation. And then he responded with, I wrote, LOL, I wrote the story and I don't even believe that. Oh, shut up, dude. It's so pathetic how like you did this great piece of journalism, but you're so desperate to suckle the toes of the woke cult that you can't just acknowledge revealing that the federal government was colluding with massive communication systems to suppress information in violation of the First Amendment is not one of the most one of the most massive scandals that we have seen in this country. Spare me, bro. You did great work. Accept it. The government had a portal. They could go into Twitter and Facebook and he revealed that the portal was still live and they could then go in and say, we want these things removed. That violates the Constitution to such an insane degree. You may as well say there is no Constitution at all. Incredible. And then he's like, I don't even think this story is that big. What's a bigger story? The Russiagate stuff being a hoax? That was that, none of that was real. They won Pulitzer Prizes for that fake news. But whatever, bro. This is politics, right? Glenn says, whenever Congress seeks to limit big tech's monopoly and censorship powers, all the same U.S. security state goons who spread the Russia disinformation lie about the Biden docs vocally object because online censorship is one of their key weapons. By now, the evidence is overwhelming that the U.S. security state is heavily involved in pressuring big tech to censor. Zuckerberg said this. Twitter execs admitted it. Tons of documents prove it. Only liberal journalists and Democrat functionaries try to put this in doubt. You nailed it, Glenn. I think Glenn would be a much uh, better choice. No, look, no disrespect. Again, I, I think Barry Weiss is fantastic. I think we just need like security apparatus reporters getting a hold of this information 
you know, Barry Weiss is more of a cultural reporter. So um, sure, Barry, how about uh, Glenn Greenwald? How about Alan Bakari over at Breitbart? Alan has uncovered a whole bunch of this stuff. Now, of course, I, I tweeted at Elon that uh, Tim Cass would love to go through the Twitter files. I think it would be irresponsible of us not to, to make a formal request. I'm not going to cry about it. And I have no issue with them not sending us the documents or us not being involved in that process. Uh, I think Matt Taibbi was the perfect choice, hands down. WikiLeaks having the dump would probably be, probably be great. Glenn Greenwald would be another great choice. I think Matt Taibbi is probably the perfect choice because, look, Barry Weiss is viewed as, as somewhat partisan for her cultural reporting. Glenn Greenwald is as well. And because of Tim Cast IRL, so, so, so are we. There's no getting around it anymore, my friends. It is impossible. You either publish it or you don't. Let me send you over to our good friends over at Wikipedia. The Twitter files investigation. The article is being considered for deletion in, in accordance with Wikipedia's deletion policy. They basically say the files were largely ignored upon release and were considered a dud by some conservatives. Yeah, that's not true. While other conservatives of the documents confirmed Twitter's liberal bias and opposition to free speech, the files contained no bombshells and showed no government involvement in the laptop story, contradicting several conspiracy theories. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just uh, uh, absolutely not true. Well, I should say this was um, maybe because James Baker. Well, so, so now they should update this because the later uh, revelations that James Baker, deputy counsel at Twitter, former FBI, was fired because he was vetting these documents previously general counsel. Wikipedia is basically saying, delete it. It's not a story. All these government journalists are coming out saying, there's no news here. This is nothing. This is a big, big nothing burger. Nothing burger. The DNC, the Democratic National Committee, had a direct pipeline to Twitter to remove content. They actively sought to remove the Hunter Biden laptop policy, admitting in their own internal communications they had no policy justification for doing so. A previous filing with the FEC showed that the FBI was heavily involved and had warned them of this content explicitly. So, yeah, evidence of government involvement. It is pointless now to try and feign impartiality. Elon, give the documents to Alam Bakari. Give all of the files to Alam. He is a tech reporter. He's exposed so much of the bias and the collusion. Give the documents to WikiLeaks. Give the documents to Glenn Greenwald. Give the documents to Ian Miles Chong. He works for the Rebel. Give the documents to Timcast. Let everyone just have at it. I'll tell you what. After you do that, give the documents to the New York Times. Let them sit there staring at it going, uh-oh. Or maybe not. Maybe if you give it to the New York Times or one of these other outlets, they'll just alert the FBI. But I'm pretty sure they've got their pinkies and everything anyway. Just get the files out. The idea that you can expect any kind of perceivable impartiality is impossible. Elon tweeted, the far left and the far right are mad at me. Sure, I guess. Who's the far right? Are you talking about people in support of Alex Jones? Come on. The far right. We believe in free speech. It's time to release all of the files. Slow rolling them is not going to be effective. We saw it work to a certain degree with the NSA files and Glenn Greenwald. But in the end, there's what thousands of documents that never saw the light of day because people just grew tired of it. Just do a data dump. I suppose there's a challenge here. Your best opportunity is a hard data dump two journalists all at once. You do a direct data dump to the public. What happens? 
People then start tweeting random things. It's noise. You do a data dump to only a few journalists, and they can only go through a certain number of stories. And then eventually people say, yeah, 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 we get it. You do a large data dump to a, to a large number of news outlets. They all then independently find stories. And then over the course of a week or two, or maybe a month, you get peppered with bombshell, 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 bombshell. And then the story dies as it would have either way. The best thing to do is probably, Elon, Matt, send this out to as many people as possible. In fact, you know what? I'll just I'll, I'll message them and, and say, hey, guys, like. My opinion on this, send out, you know, get a, get as much of this out as possible. Matt does not come across as the kind of guy who's thinking he's got a, he's got a, an opportunity here. You know what I mean? I, I don't think what I mean by that is I don't think Matt sits on a trove of documents and says, no one can have this but me. This will make my career bigger. I think he's like, we got to go through this, get this story out. That being the case, I think uh, what needs to happen is it needs to go to more journalists now. I don't care who, fine, whatever. There's just got to be more, and there's got to be real, you know. So I, I, I would suggest uh, Glenn Greenwald. Um, Alan Bakari, I think, is probably the, the, the best person. And I have, I have to wonder why it didn't go to Alan in the first place. I'm sure he's got connections in the tech space. We've got to get more out. The corruption runs deep. There's a deep state, my friends. Look at what's going on. They are manipulating our elections in front of our faces. Very, very interesting. All right, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I see these communist, leftist, and Marxist types like to quote Antonio Gramsci. The old world is dying, and the new world struggles to be born. As if to imply that the new world that is coming is a good one, and the old world that is dying is a bad one. Well, for Antonio Gramsci, who was the founder of the Italian Communist Party, he was acting in opposition to Mussolini, to the fascists. He was ultimately imprisoned. And of course, there is some element of pushing back on traditionalists, calling it the old world. But in reality, everything is changing all the time. And the new world that struggles to be born does not look like a good one. I've seen a series of viral videos, and of course you have as well. This one from our good friends over at Clown World on Twitter of what appears to be just people raiding a department store of some sort, a clothing store, literally just taking whatever they want and uh, running off with it. There was also a viral video of a man who was shoveling a whole bunch of Old Spice into a bag. They call him the Old Spice Bandit. And one major viral story that we're seeing right now out of Philadelphia is that a gas station hired AR-15 toting guards as crime spikes. Now, the most offensive thing to me about this article is that I don't believe any of the men were actually carrying AR-15s, although I guess technically one of the guys had an AR-style 9mm pistol um, with an extended mag, and another guy appeared to be, uh, appeared to be carrying a bullpup 12-gauge shotgun. Local journalists asked, do you feel safer? And my response is, yeah, crime is so insane in these cities. The left is trying to downplay it. But more importantly, due to the nature of how our election system has transformed over the past two years, the Democrats can do literally anything and still win in these districts because people just don't care. But, you know, I thought about this with all the rising crime and with the, the crimes that have been affecting us. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much at the abolish the police point. Let's say once again, 
So back during the uh, summer of love and all the mass riots, you know, I was like, look, man, we need these cops to stop the rioting. And in some in some instances, they did. In some instances, they didn't. And uh, we were fairly critical. Ultimately, I said, look, if these cities don't want police, then so be it. Let them have it. Fine. Abolish the police. See if I care. Talk to a friend who told me that in her sleepy suburb, the reason that she was in favor of abolishing the police is that they had very, very little crime, almost none. But the cops would pull people over and give them citations for nonsense. And so they were just like, we're done with it. And it got me thinking. Yeah, I certainly understand that. But you do realize where that brings us. Over the past couple of days, the past week or so, I've been dealing with some very serious threats that got me reflecting on this and what it means. I'm, I'm now at the point where I'm leaning towards the police are actually in the way of us dealing with this properly. We've got death threats. We've got psychopaths showing up. Some men broke into my house. One of our staffers was there and confronted them. Armed guards. A, a shot was fired. You guys have heard the story. And I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, these criminals don't care about what the law is. The law is just impeding us. They won't go after these people, but they tell us we can't do anything. Meanwhile, let these people keep doing it because they're not going to stop them. So here's where we are. That video I showed you, I believe, was out of L.A., Los Angeles. We have this wonderful story from Sack B. California moves to shut down a third state prison as inmate population shrinks. You know, the United States has been criticized heavily for having a large prisoner population, inmate population. And now the left can gloat and say, see you, it's prison reform. We're, 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 we're doing the right thing and we don't need the prisons anymore. And it's like letting violent offenders roam the streets and commit crimes. That's not how you actually solve the problem. And they're going to shut these prisons down as crime just gets worse and worse and worse. And more and more people flee California for places like Florida. And then it will continue to get worse. My view of all this, this is the breakdown of the system. This it's more than just law enforcement. Shutting down prisons because you're letting people go who are violent offenders. Yeah, it's resulting in a massive escalation of crime. And now we're hearing Illinois has signed the Safety Act into law, ending cash bail ahead of January 1st. I'm not a fan of cash bail. But clearly, watching everything that's happening, feels like this is the end. It feels like the U.S. is crumbling around us. Let me show you this other story. It's a big jump, but I'll connect it all. The crisis of student mental health is much vaster than we realize. Young people, a, a serious, I think, I think like a, a plurality of the, uh, in the polling, depressed, wayward. So what do you get? In Canada... 2017, medically assisted deaths could save millions in healthcare spending. I can't tell you what's going on behind the scenes. I wish I could. I can tell you what's happening on the surface and where these things will lead to. So let's read about these stories, and I'll show you some of these viral videos, and we'll talk about the ultimate results of the demoralization of this country and what that does mean. But when you've got rampant crime, Politicians who refuse to enforce the law against these crimes and, uh, and, and actually make it easier for them to get out and police who are unwilling to enforce anything against these criminals. However, a police force that will uphold the law against law abiding citizens, say people who want to own guns or defend themselves. You have widespread depression among young people, complete demoralization, sterilization, etc. Do you think anything is going to head in a positive direction? 
Look, I said recently on Twitter that I think the U.S. ended a long time ago. People just don't either haven't realized it or they're denying it. But it's happening now in front of our eyes. The Democrats, of course, come out and say it's not happening. It is. And half of the Democrats just act like it's not happening, but keep voting for it. So be it. Perhaps it's because these leftists want the old world to die and a new world to be born. And they want to assist with that. But that means the collapse of the old system, your way of life, your comfort, your resources. And in the end, you will own nothing and you will be happy. So they say part of me kind of thinks that the Chinese communist style of doing things won't result in anyone being happy. But here we go. Let's take a look at some of this news. We got this viral story about the armed guards you may have seen. We'll talk about this and more before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support our work as a member by clicking that join us button. You'll be directing uh, uh, you'll be directly supporting us and you'll get access to uncensored episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as many, many more uh, videos, Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World, etc. We got a bunch of really awesome stuff about to come out. So with your support, we can continue to do more. And it's been tough. Not only with the crimes being committed against us, it's forcing us to increase our security costs. A simple reality. We can afford to do it. We're happy to have the security, but this is the reality. First, you've seen part of the video already. It's just masked banditos in Los Angeles going into a store and just taking everything. Now, here's my question. I don't know where this store is, but why isn't anyone stopping these raids? Why is it? It appears to be an Adidas store. Why isn't anyone stopping these people? There's not even a, a simple no. They just stand back and they let it happen. The result, of course, in California has been that with the dramatic escalation of crime, they're shutting down stores, CVS, Target, Walgreens, etc. Walmart is saying they're going to have to jack up their prices. In Philadelphia, a guy's hired a bunch of gun-toting guards to uh, protect a gas station. Because the robberies, drug, drug trafficking, gangs hanging around have just become too much. Now they say AR-15. Uh, I guess technically this guy, as I mentioned before, when you take a look at it, it looks like an extended Glock magazine in a nine milli- with a 9mm pistol. So, and, and if that's the case, it's a brace. I think you can see that it is. I don't know. Whatever, man. I'm not going to uh, try and guess what the guns are. Y'all watching can probably figure it out. Everybody was arguing yesterday over whether or not the bullpup the guy was carrying was a 5.56 or a 12 gauge. But you look at the barrels, clearly a 12 gauge, 12 gauge bullpup. Anyway, it's also like this in New York. Take a look at this video that's going viral. A school bus, cops running around screaming. Someone says, shoot the guy like, yeah, it's just crazy. Now, I want to point something out. You look at a few viral videos, it doesn't mean it's direct evidence of a widespread problem, but it is a widespread problem. We've seen more than enough videos of people raiding stores. We've seen more than enough stories about Starbucks shutting down, about Wawa shutting down in Philly. It is across the country. Crime is out of control. Here's where I'm at. I called this the other day a distributed denial of business. So many crimes are happening. The police are, are, are incapable or unwilling to do anything about it. Death by a thousand cuts. If uh, I'll give you an example. In Summer of Love, a guy told this story about how he, he, there was a fight breaking out in his apartment building in New York, in Manhattan, I believe. So he calls 911 and they say, sir, the city is under attack. What would you have us do? Interesting. Which brings me back to the point I made in the intro about my friend who said, we want to abolish the police because all they do is give us tickets for nonsense. And there it is. 
if you live in an area where you're living in fear that the tiniest infraction will result in a swift penalty from law enforcement, perhaps you don't commit other crimes. People say, hey, avoid that area, man. You so much as look at that clerk weird and the cops are coming to beat the crap out of you. It's broken window policing. I'm not the biggest fan, but let's entertain that. These people now want to abolish the police in this sleepy suburb. At least that's what my friend was saying. If they do, there will be no enforcement at all. And then someone will walk into your gas station and grocery store and take whatever they want. And there is nothing you can do to stop them. Then you'll be begging for help. That's the challenge, right? In these cities, you have people committing so many crimes. The police are spinning around in circles, unable to do anything. It's an old movie trope, actually, that when the when the gangsters want to rob the bank, they go and set a fire somewhere or have a bunch of calls go in. So the police get dispatched all over the city. That way they can't respond to the, to the, to the actual target. Distributed denial of law enforcement, call it that. And here we go. Despite all of this stuff being in plain view, Pritzker in Illinois is going to sign the Safety Act banning cash bail. All right. I'm not a fan of cash bail. There are some limitations, in my opinion. I don't know if uh, banning cash bail is the appropriate way to do it. We want to get past this position where someone is, is, is accused of a crime and then they have to pay for their freedom in the meantime and they could lose their job and have their life destroyed. Perhaps there should be a legal protection where if you are currently accused of a crime, you can't be evicted, you can't be uh, you know, uh, fired from your job. But then what if you're a landlord? What if this person was accused and rightfully so, and now you lose all that money and you can't maintain the building? It's not so easy to come up with ideas for this stuff. Charging someone money for bail, I think, is an issue. There should be bail hearings. The problem is there's so much crime, the courts can't handle it. So what do they say? Fine, no more cash bail. You're free to go. Here's the end results. In California, this was reported yesterday afternoon, they're shutting down a third state prison as inmate population shrinks. Gee, I wonder why the inmate population is shrinking and crime is skyrocketing. Could it be that inmates who are criminals committing violent crimes are going out and then the reason crime is increasing is because they're committing crimes? It's amazing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the police are the answer. Perhaps the answer is the Second Amendment. Unfortunately, in Illinois and California, there basically is no Second Amendment. So here I'm, I'm watching all of this happening and saying West Virginia is the place to be. You know, Castle Doctrine, constitutional carry, big open land, freedom and personal responsibility. It's probably the best thing you can do, because when you live in one of these cities, yeah, they'll come in, they'll rob your store and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, interestingly, in a place like West Virginia, I don't know if you have a right to defend property with lethal force, but I'm pretty sure in Texas you do. I think that was the contentious thing about Texas, that if someone is trying to deprive you of property, you can actually use lethal force against them. You know what? I oppose the death penalty, but I am in favor of people protecting themselves and being given the benefit of the doubt when using lethal force on a person who is on their property. To put it simply, yeah, there's an issue of some creepo is like, come over to my house and then tries to shoot somebody. They invite them over and then try and claim it was self-defense. But I think when you're on your property, the benefit of the doubt is yours. If someone breaks in your property for any reason, I don't believe you should have to be like, well, I can't do anything because I have to assess whether or not he intends to kill me or just take my stuff. No, it should be like the moment someone aggresses on your property, you should be allowed to assume the absolute worst. 
And of course, someone's driving up your driveway. I don't think you should assume the absolute worst. If someone's sneaking around in your backyard or hopping your fence, then I think you have to. So here we go. They're closing prisons. I love this one. We'll never be San Francisco. New York Governor Hochul combats criticisms about crime in NYC. We will never be San Francisco. Oh, man. Yeah, we won't. Take a look at this from KRCR, KRCR TV, ABC, California crime on the rise, 2021 crime stats show. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, we are watching the videos, right? But don't worry, New York will never be Cali- uh, Never mind. From the New York Post, felonies surge 40% on New York City subways compared to 2021, but MTA touts more cops to stem crime wave. Yo, a lot of crimes happening in New York. Some have pointed out that, no, no, it's because during the pandemic there was less crime. I actually don't think that's true. I think in many places crime actually went up somehow in, in a lot of these places. And there was an attempt to, like, to like kind of write these things off. You know, I'll tell you where my mind's at and why I'm talking about this. Obviously, we've had stuff happen to us. I've, I did a whole segment about it. And I'm wondering why it is law enforcement can't actually do anything or won't. And I think it's the system is, is crumbling before our very eyes. And I started thinking about how it extends beyond crime. I saw this viral video of the people in L.A. and I'm like, another raid. They've been consistent. People going into department stores are just taking everything. What's the point of money? How can the economy work if people don't work? What does your money buy you? The system is imploding. In New York, it's getting crazy. And then open air drug markets in San Francisco. They closed it down, but did it do any good? California is just in chaos. Prices are going to skyrocket because of the theft. Those videos of people robbing uh, those department stores, that's a tax on the working class. It is unsustainable. From Eyewitness, ABC7, retail theft at Walmart may lead to raised prices and store closures, CEO says. I want you to understand what this means as per the collapse of this country. You're a working class person. You have a job. Probably, if you're listening to me, you believe in personal responsibility. Some of you may be just critics watching, but, you know, you wake up, you go to work. Maybe you're a barista and you make a delicious cold brew with pumpkin cream. Mm, So delicious. And then after working for that hour, they hand you a crisp $10 bill and a crisp $5 bill. How about that? You then walk across the street to Walmart because you need to pick up groceries before you go home. And you notice that you used to be able to buy two gallons of milk or a gallon. You used to be able to, with that hour of labor, get a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread and a carton of eggs. Now you can't. Now you need 20 bucks. And you're like, what is going on with this? This is the problem of Democrat policy. They simultaneously refuse to enforce the law on shoplifters. They release these people from jail because not violent. Shoplifting then causes prices to spike. Then people get out of their jobs and say, why can't I afford this stuff? I know I'll vote for Democrats. The Democrats simultaneously say we're going to raise the minimum wage and release criminals. Now, I'm not sitting here saying Republicans have any solutions. They're sitting on their hands going, slow down there, Democrats. But it's all just crumbling around us. Here's my favorite. Republicans hoped a crime wave was their ticket to a red wave. It wasn't. Fear mongering didn't play out as planned. You know, this is what I proposed in my 1 p.m. segment. How about this? Universal basic income for anyone who wants it. 
let's say 1500 bucks per month. I know it's really, really expensive. But hey, after that, as soon as you accept but a single check, you are not allowed to vote. Or I should say you are barred from voting. Maybe we can do something like if you receive any government assistance, you waive your right to vote. I mean, that sounds good to me, right? Any assistance, be it a tax break or otherwise, only people who are, work, are paying into the system and working will be voting. And you can choose at any time, too. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, on, like a 30-day period after you get off benefits, maybe, maybe, maybe not 30. Like, maybe you need to work for one quarter, three months. And then it's like, okay, you've had a job for, for three months. You've been working. Or I should say, not a job. You've been off government assistance for three months. You are now allowed to, you are now back in the voting registration system. Republicans hoped a crime wave was their ticket. Let me tell you the truth, my friends. Ballot harvesting is why Republicans didn't win. There was a red wave. Republicans got 52 million votes. They got 5 million more votes than Democrats. But Democrats in the areas that needed it, ballot harvesting came to the rescue. Democrat turnout on election day was apocalyptically bad. But they got all those sweet, sweet harvested votes because it's legal. And then they continue to gut and destroy the system. Dan Gaynor, writing for Fox News, says no one trusts media's spin on America's crime wave. Uh, I know. I agree. There is a bunch of articles, data, talking about how crime is getting worse. And then you have these op-eds all over the corporate press saying, no, 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 everything's fine. No, I think it's all crumbling down around us. And this is what it leads to. A crisis for young people. The Washington Post reports. The change was gradual at first. Rihanna Alexander was always tired. Then she began missing classes. She had been an honors student at her Arizona high school. But last winter, after the isolation of remote learning and the overload of a full-on return to school, her grades were slipping. She wasn't eating. She avoided friends, etc., etc. Then, as she was finding her way, a girl took her own life. Then a teen elsewhere in the district did the same, then another. It broke my heart, and there were three different people who were going through what I was, and they never got the chance to heal. Ultimately, this is what it comes to. I'm not here to harp on about crime or stats. I'm here to tell you that all of these are major components in the collapse of Western civilization. It may not, it may not be that everything just ceases to exist. It may be a gutting of the old. And that's what the far left has advocated for for some time. From the ashes of the old, we shall build anew. They used to say that at Occupy Wall Street. There's the quote that I referenced in the beginning, that the old world is dying and the new world struggles to be born. That was a communist quote. And now we can see young people are experiencing depression levels to an extreme degree. More than 75% of schools surveyed in spring said their teachers and staff have voiced concerns about student depression, anxiety, and trauma. The federal spending plans of 5,000 school districts nationally show that more than one-third intend to bring new mental health professionals to schools. It ain't going to help. I'll tell you what the issue is. Get your kids away from these schools. There is a cultural virus spreading. People need purpose. They need to have a mission. But where does that come from? Some people intrinsically have it. They're just driven like a burning meteor ripping through the atmosphere, just flames... You know, imagine Goku and Dragon Ball. Ah. Some people just know they must, they have to, and they're driven. It doesn't matter what their peers think. Many others look to their peers for guidance. What should I be doing? What is good? I don't believe that there is a, uh, uh, there is more value to being a leader as opposed to a follower. 
I don't believe there is any um, shame in being a follower. When you look to great battles of history, the American Revolution, there were leaders and there were followers, but all great individuals who fought and did what they could to achieve independence. There were many men who simply said, sir, you tell me where you need me and I'm there. And there were many men who said, I have the vision. Do as I say and we'll win. Both are honorable. Today, what we have is nothing. No leaders, no peer groups, no vision, no goals. Hollow, empty numbers, young people going on social media, just begging for a certain amount of views. I need more likes. I need more views is all they think about. And they project. You'll see it online when they talk about um, all so-and-so wants is to get more money and have more views. And it's like the people who become successful running big businesses tend not to be driven by just making money. They're driven by something that eventually does make money. That's always been the case. For me, I didn't start making YouTube videos thinking like, wow, I'll make a lot of money. I was kind of bored, left a job and said, I got to do something. I got to do something. And I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about. And then all of a sudden, one day I was like, oh, I'm making money doing this. this is crazy. Now I'm running a company doing it. Young people don't have any of that. They're surrounded by people who are in a deep crisis trying to figure out just how to get some kind of social acceptance. They're trying to figure out what will give me purpose and they don't have any. So here's the worst part. Medical assistance in death. CBC wrote this in 2017. Shout out to Clown World, who recently tweeted this article. It's Clown World underscore on Twitter. Across Canada, Journal calculates up to $136.8 million in savings. Yeah, instead of paying for someone's medical treatment, just end their life. That's where we're headed. The demoralization is here. American girl is accused of stripping away all innocence in book that teaches children as young as three how to change gender by asking doctors for puberty blockers and telling them to do it without their parental, uh, without parental consent. This is going to result in clear demoralization and destruction of this country. At the same time, we have this story. Kirk Cameron is denied story hour slot by public libraries for his new faith-based kids book. So Kirk Cameron wants to read a faith-based book and they say no, but you can go in and you can read some of this, you know, gender stuff and it's totally fine. Okay. A lack of purpose, a demoralization, a lack of cognitive function. Clown World. How's it going, man? Uh, if, if you're wondering, I saw a viral clip from Clown World and then I clicked it and I saw other tweets. So I'm using them. Clown World tweeted, you take someone out on a date and they start eating like this. What do you do? It's a woman wearing a mask. She lowers her mask, puts food in her mouth, takes a bite, then puts her mask back up. Interesting. It's kind of crazy, huh? Let me show you a little bit more. Black female in headscarf attacked UVA Black Cultural Center. Oh, another hoax hate crime. Post-millennial. Feds warned of infrastructure attacks days before power station sabotage reveal similar attacks nationwide. Let's, let's bring it all full circle. This, this string of hate, hate crime hoaxes, the, the garage pull rope, Jussie Smollett, now this woman, there was a, a, a church where a guy sprayed a swastika on his own parking lot and then set fire or something. There was a former football player who, who wrote racial slurs in his restaurants and then damaged them. And then turned out he was the one who did it. It's for two reasons. One, obvious opportunism. The other is a lack of purpose. 
I think the opportunism opportunism is the the principal one. Why would someone do this? Well, then they can go online and say, help, help. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Everyone look at me. They're trying to get attention. And this is the way they found out how to do it. The other issue is tied alongside that, uh, the purpose. They have no purpose. These people are sitting around hearing stories of white supremacy, but nothing is happening. And they say like, I just want to be that hero. There is no great war. There is no great hero. I mean, unless you find it. But so what happens is these young people, instead of seeking a purpose, they make one up. They attack themselves so that they can fancy themselves some kind of hero. I was attacked, but I will stand strong like Jesse Smollett crying on TV. They said this was MAGA country. It's all fake. Made up. I don't blame them. These wayward souls demoralized from youth. They're depressed because they have nothing to live for. They have no vision. It's kind of scary. Some people need need faith, need religion. Some people don't. Some people have no faith, so they fill that hole with something else. Some people have told me, they've come on the show and they said, we're just wet robots. There's no purpose. And I say, that just doesn't make sense. Everything has a purpose. It literally does. Like, I suppose it depends on how you look at the word purpose. Everything has a function. It functions in a way that doesn't, I think they misinterpret that. Humans do a thing. That thing exists. I suppose the issue is when you look at life and existence, everything is doing a thing. A squirrel. He buries a nut because uh, in the winter he wants to be able to have food. So he wants to store it. Constantly working all day, every day. Well, guess what? Squirrels often forget where they bury a lot of these nuts. Those nuts then sprout and grow. A purpose. A function. And the function is developed slowly over time. Not every ecosystem has squirrels doing that, but it exists. And then once the system grows, it is an important component of that. When the wolf populations were removed from certain areas due to human expansion, the deer population exploded and started wiping out plants and causing ecological disaster. There was a purpose built alongside the system. We reintroduce the wolves to the local area, and then everything starts going back to equilibrium. There is a purpose. And there are people who tell me that, nope, there isn't one. It's like, well, humans do a thing, man. I'm not saying that you have to like that thing. Maybe some people get annoyed by squirrels burying stuff all over the place. That's just a human experience, though. Humans are organizing, building, expanding, creating. Maybe the the purpose of humans is to create uh, AI or something. I don't know. But I look at the universe and I see all things doing things. And uh, not everything does that we can discern, but there is a function, a purpose to what humans are and do. That was lost on people, and it's kind of scary. You know, I was thinking about how, like, humans are separated. Humans have free will. Humans are very different from, from most animals. Most animals perform their function without a hitch. They live and die by evolution, by nature. Artificial, or I'm sorry, natural selection. Humans have begun, begun to change everything dramatically. And that does give me a, 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 a view of everything in a more religious sense. When you read the Bible and ask questions about humans and free will and choices, I'm like, well, humans are very different from everything else on this planet. That's for sure. Here's what I think. I believe that animals and um, early humans probably had an understanding of the universe that we have lost since then. Um, it's not necessarily a knowledge. It's an understanding. 
And as we have become more knowledgeable, we've become less wise. That is, when we were more in tune with nature, more a part of nature, there were certain things we just generally understood. You live, you die. You have kids, you feed them. This is nature. This is what life is. But now we've separated ourselves from that. We have nothing but comfort. And now everything is crumbling down around us. The failures of our own hubris. So these young people grow up. They know no hardship. The hardship they experience is a lack of drive and a lack of purpose. So they want to die. I was watching a documentary about blue zones and why people live to be over 100 years old. One of the issues uh, at, at play was purpose. I think they said there were like seven components. One of them was purpose. And I've talked about this before. An old man was chopping wood and he was like 90 something years old. And they asked him like, why are you doing this? You're old. Shouldn't someone else be doing it? And the, and the old man said, what? If I don't chop the wood, who's going to do it? No one will. I have to do it. I can't stop now. They live to be over 100. But not like the, the important factor is they're in their 70s and they're spry and functioning. They live longer with purpose. These young people are, are depressed and suicidal, trapped in a healthy body with no reason to be here. They can be a reason if you decide. It's up to you to choose. But this is what we're seeing across the board. As Democrat policies continue to gut and destroy things, what's happening is many of these people have found a purpose, destroying the old world. Nothing good will come of it. You'll just starve. You'll own nothing. You won't be happy. Perhaps they'll be as happy as they can be, though. In the end, I think about it this way, with everything happening. I don't think conservatives will be worse off all that much for it. Typical conservatives living in rural areas, they know how to raise their own animals. They tend to, not all of them. They're more likely to know how to wield weapons, hunt, and uh, raise animals. So when the cities collapse and the grid goes down, conservatives are going to be like time to start doing the hard work to figure this one out. And the city liberals will just starve and de die of dehydration and fight each other and probably eat each other in the most extreme scenario, assuming something like that does happen. In the end, it's Democrats who are aborting their own children, sterilizing their own children, saying they don't want to carry on euthanizing themselves. And it's conservatives saying no, having families and working hard. What do you think the future looks like? It's a sad reality. Conservatives are trying desperately to save the lives of liberals who just can't understand and don't want to. So what more can be done? The smartest thing you can do right now is make sure you and your family can survive, that you've got food, that you've got a place to live, that you've got animals, that you've got access to water. Right now is an opportunity. If things truly do collapse, well, you've got, you've got all the time in the world to get a backup generator, solar, crank, whatever you need to have some power. We got solar set up at our new property that we're expanding, and uh, it won't last forever. But in the event of some kind of collapse, we'll have electricity. Of course, having electricity where no one else does means they're going to be coming to you and they're not going to be too happy. So there's backups upon backups. There's responsibility and there's preparation. I don't know if everything's going to fall apart around us. It may just be kind of like a culling of sorts. The system breaks down for a bit and then we bounce back and things improve. Fourth turning of sorts. Or it could be that we are witnessing the actual demise of Western civilization and the rise of Chinese communist power. I don't know. I can't tell you. I can just tell you this. On the surface, crime is getting worse. Democrats are still winning, despite the fact that people's lives are getting worse. The process seems to be completely broken. So it's going to be up to you to figure out how you survive. Find your purpose. Build your community. Get out. Meet your neighbors. 
One of the things we're setting up is that Saturday morning cartoons thing I talked about, where we're going to invite people to bring their kids, hang out, have food, and watch cartoons. I'm excited for it. We're going to build community. And then when everything comes crumbling down and the far left reaps what they have sown, well, you know, that's fine. They can live however they want to live. There are two very distinct countries at play right now. If you want to live in these areas, then so be it. If you don't, then don't. But we'll see, I suppose. The best advice I can give you, learn how to use a gun, legally acquire one, and um, get away from cities. I don't have all the answers. We're doing, all, uh, we're doing all right out here. We're having a good time. We're expanding and trying to build these things. I wish only the same for all of you. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Rod Stewart's son, Aiden, 11, rushed to hospital amid heart attack fears after going blue during football match. I saw this going around, and you know what the first thing I thought was? 11-year-olds don't have heart attacks. Why would you think 11-year-olds are having a heart attack? Why would you think that your kid who is turning blue is having a heart attack? I've seen kids turn pale and blue before. Things have happened. Don't know exactly what it is. But why would they be like, he's having a heart attack and he's 11? Okay, for, uh, for sure. It's possible that uh, 11-year-olds can have heart attacks. It's just not, a, it's not, it's not like the go-to most common thing. Of course, upon seeing the story, many people have this reaction related to the documentary Died Suddenly, associations with um, cardiac arrest and some strange phenomena happening in the media when you look up the phrase died suddenly. I can't tell you what it means. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. It is kind of strange that people are, this is the headline. What they said was this kid actually had a panic attack and then stopped breathing. I mean, that sounds weird too, to be completely honest, but that's what they said. So why is it not the headline of this story? Well, there's a couple reasons why I decided to do this segment. And one was because the response I got from leftists and it gives me this feeling of despair and rage. And the rage is based upon the fact that we so desperately want to be understood. We don't want a bunch of dumb people believing the wrong thing. We're trying to adequately express an idea. But unfortunately, there are some people who just cannot comprehend. So it's a frustration, a rage born out of frustration that there are individuals who legitimately lack the comprehensive ability to understand sarcasm and humor. And thus, a large component of the culture war is rooted in people being unable to understand jokes or uh, they read something that isn't there, things like that. I had a friend who's a lefty. I remember she messaged me once and she was just like, hey, you got to stop posting these things on Twitter. And I was like, what? Why? And she was like, because people believe them. And I'm like, what? Okay, let me (laughs) let me show you this tweet. I quoted the Metro article. I screen grabbed it. Sir Rod Stewart's son, Aiden, 11, rushed to hospital amid heart attack fears after going blue during during football match. I said, 11 year olds have heart attacks all the time. Calm down. I didn't say anything about anything else. Matt Binder responds with, please read the article before you share it. Why did I say, oh, heavens me, Rod Stewart's son had a heart attack. How could this be? I said sarcastically, they have heart attacks all the time, as if to insinuate they don't. I linked to the article so you can read it. This is the problem with the left. They can't understand things. They just can't. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people on the right who also lack the comprehensive ability to understand things. But this, 
This is a problem. Let me read you this story first. because It's very, very short. and You can understand. Sir Rod Stewart has recalled the terrifying moment he thought his young son was having a heart attack. I want to pause and just say, for what reason would someone assume their 11 year old was having a heart attack? The pop crooner 77 rushed his son Aiden to hospital recently after he collapsed during a football match. Aiden is Sir Rod's youngest child with wife Penny Lancaster, and the couple also share a son, Alistair, 16. The concerning incident happened when Aiden was playing a match for his under 12 team, Young Hoops. However, it's not, known, it's not known exactly when it happened. We thought my boy had a heart attack. Speaking to 442 Magazine, the singer continued, he was going blue and was unconscious until he calmed down. It was scary, but it turned out to be a panic attack. The lad wanted to do well, pulled on the hoops. It was Scotland, uh, pulled on the hoops in Scotland for his dad. Is that it? Another boy fell backwards and banged his head. He's still not back there, too. Ambulances, blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's the story. Of course, it's sensational. So the media is going to run with heart attack fears, despite the fact knowing that they were like, oh, he had a panic attack. Okay, here's my point. Two things. For what reason? For what reason would Rod Stewart assume his 11 year old had a heart attack when he collapsed? I've been to parties when I was younger, and there have been kids whose lips turned blue and were passing out. And nobody said he's having a heart attack because that doesn't appear, at least in my understanding, or at least my experience. I'm not a doctor, by the way, so I don't know. doesn't appear to be a symptom of heart attack. Typically, they say like you get a tingling feeling, you get you get burning sensation in your chest. Uh, Some people mistake it for like acid reflux or something like that. A kid collapsing and turning blue. They thought that was a heart attack. A myocardial infarction, I don't believe, presents itself that way. Perhaps they just were speaking uh, colloquially, not understanding. Maybe they meant cardiac arrest. Could there be something happening that would lead Rod Stewart to believe this? If you listen to uh, any of the Timcast IRL stuff, you would have heard me say, I do not believe the Died Suddenly Vax stuff. Died Suddenly is a documentary. You may have seen it. It's very, very interesting. I don't believe all of these embalmers who appear in the documentary finding strange blood clots are um, conspiring with each other. In the documentary, several uh, doctors come out and I'm sorry, embalmers. And they're like, I've never seen anything like this. They're pulling long, white, fibrous clots from bodies. They say it's a new phenomena they've begun uh, starting to see recently. I don't know why that's happening. In the documentary, the individual, got, he got one of the, the main guys, he goes, and then you find out they're vaccinated. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, but I feel like that's jumping the gun. Of course, the response I've received from many people is, what other major medical event happened recently that could result in such a thing? And my only response is COVID. I don't know. I would, if I was going to make a bet, I would say the two largest probabilities of why we're seeing these clots and why embalmers are shocked by it is likely COVID or maybe vaccines. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that you can just definitively look at this stuff and then know for sure. We've also seen a spattering of died suddenlies. Yes, this is, this is, this is funny. So uh, I was pulling up the documentary Died Suddenly to find some source material. And of course, on Google, what I end up getting is a whole bunch of stories about people dying suddenly. Like, here you go. One day ago. This is weird. 42 year old woman died suddenly. Here's another one. Army confirms death of young soldier who died suddenly. Okay, let me tell you something. India Times says heart attack trends on Twitter as terrifying videos of young people collapsing goes viral. Interesting. Now, I don't know what this website is. IndiaTimes.com. It appears on Google. They say after the deaths of celebrities like KK and Raju, 
Srivastava, it has become certain that young people can lose their lives to heart attack too, and it's alarming. In the past year, cases of heart attacks and cardiac arrests among young people rose drastically. Most recently at a wedding in Uttar Pradesh, the bride collapsed minutes after exchanging garlands on stage at her wedding due to a case of cardiac arrest and died. Is it possible that Rod Stewart is familiar with these trends? And so that's why he made the assumption about his kid when in fact his kid was actually just having a panic attack. That's why I said 11 year olds have heart attacks all the time. Calm down because they don't. This is the funny thing. Like what, what Matt, Matt, Matt's been on the show. What did you think? Like he looked at what I said and made an immediate assumption about the meaning of my tweet, despite the fact me not giving any meaning at all. So I suppose one reading is I'm saying the kid did have a heart attack and it's unusual. I didn't say that. And there's a reason why my tweet is rather vague and nebulous and snarky sarcastic, because I don't know. So I'll stress this point again. If you guys watch the Timcast members only stuff, you're probably saying either, Tim, I know you say this or Tim, you're wrong about this. You've seen me say it and argue with Luke. In fact, just last night, Ron DeSantis said he's going to be going, taking action against um, Pfizer and Moderna, I think. A study came out that said that there is a net harm for certain young, for, for young people with boosters or something like that. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't have all the answers. Don't talk to me about your health, which is why when I see a story that I think is interesting and should be highlighted, I often tweet something like, LOL, ha, or 11-year-olds have heart attacks all the time. Calm down. Okay. So you guys get it. You understand my point. There's a frustration that I feel because I want Matt to understand. I don't want him to get the wrong impression and think wrong things. Unfortunately, he can't. And that's the frustrating thing. There's no way to explain to this guy or any of his followers. So when he said, Tim, please read the article before you share it. Why? What does that have to do with the fact that I made a vague and nebulous joke sarcastically? I linked the article, I shared the image, and yes, in fact, I did read it. My point was, 11-year-olds don't have heart attacks all the time. That's it. That's it. I responded with, Matt, do 11-year-olds have heart attacks all the time? Because the answer is no. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to guide him to understand the purpose of sarcasm. It doesn't happen. Why would you see a kid fall down and assume this? It could be two things. Rod Stewart has seen died suddenly, or he's read a bunch of stories about young people having cardiac arrest. There have been a few recently. And so he immediately jumps the gun and assumes when his kid is turning blue, it must be that his heart is failing. I guess. In response to this, all of these other leftists were like, Tim, oh my God, he didn't have a heart attack. And I'm like, I know. Why don't you get it? Why can't you get it? You know? I said, holy ish, I have to explain to leftists that 11-year-olds don't have heart attacks. The lack of comprehension explains a lot about the left these days. Why am I frustrated? Because I wish that it wasn't this way. But it is. You put out a tweet, and then you get frustrated that these people don't understand what you were, what you were saying. There's a bit of regret. I'm like, I don't want Matt Bender to think the wrong thing. I want him to think right things. I want him to, to be led to the correct conclusion. I don't want him to make false claims about what I believe. I want accuracy. But they can't get it. He genuinely thought I was saying they do have heart attacks and that he had a heart attack. Here's the other thing. Matt Bender clearly doesn't watch any of my shows 
because if he did, he'd hear me criticize the film died suddenly for saying they have no hard evidence the vaccines were causing these things. Because he doesn't, he assumes what I'm saying means the vaccines are causing these things or something to that effect, which I'm not. And I've actually rejected. I'll give you I'll give you my uh, my thoughts on all this. There's a really good point made in this article from sciencebasemedicine.org. I don't actually like their approach to it because this reads like, you know, just general garbage. They're like, the died suddenly film is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're pulling clots and clots are normal. And it's like, okay, look, man, you're not going to convince me that a bunch of bombers got together and conspired. But one thing it does point out is the theatrics, not an embalming table. There's a scene where the camera's shot low with a, with, a, with, a, with a foggy filter and the guy's walking up in slow motion to the body that's uh, laying on the table. This guy mentions that there's, multi, there's at least two different bodies, not the same person. And I wonder if this person's even dead. And that's not an embalming table. Embalming table have trenches to, to filter away fluids. That's the point. He goes on to say in this article that embalmers love clot stories because it means they got the fluid through. That's not an answer to died suddenly. If a bunch of embalmers are like, we're seeing this thing we've never seen before, I say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what's causing it. They can then come out and say, the vaccines are causing it. I'm going to be like, come on, guy. You're going to have to do a lot of work to get to that point. There have been some interesting studies. I am not someone who jumps to conclusions. Sorry, I'm never going to be. Or at least, you know, I'm not going to say never. I'm not an, I don't want to speak absolutely. The point is, you are allowed to believe what you want. I'm not here to tell you what to believe, okay? I'm here to say that I am not going to make assertions because, look, I don't want to be wrong. That's why I put out tweets that are relatively vague when I'm highlighting a story that I think you should read. Maybe Matt doesn't actually read articles or understand any of this stuff. It's funny. He's like, maybe you should read the article, Tim. I was like, literally saying 11-year-olds don't have heart attacks. Someone responded, are you implying Rod Stewart should have known it wasn't a heart attack when his kid collapsed? Yes! (laughs) What? Holy, you're saying that you think the reasonable approach right now is that when an 11-year-old kid turns blue, you're like, he must be having a heart attack. For what reason do you think that? Is it because of things like this that a leftist would assume a kid's having a heart attack? Wouldn't a right-wing person do that? Ugh, heavens me. I think COVID is a strong culprit for what's causing the clots. Some people have said, yeah, Tim, but we didn't see these clots until after the vaccine program started. It could just be that the clotting takes a year or longer to develop. I know people who are not vaccinated who got serious clots. I don't want to say who they are because it's their private business. But yes, we, we here, we know people not vaccinated got clots. They say that a side effect of clotting, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a side effect of COVID could be clotting. Could it be that um, let's, let's, let's go conspiratorial. People are saying it could be the vaccines. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. There's no direct evidence other than speculation. How about this one for you, conspiracy theorists? COVID was uh, gain-of-function research made in the Wuhan lab that accidentally leaked. It was a bioweapon of sorts. And uh, COVID being a lab leak bioweapon is causing death clots. Isn't that also entirely possible? Look, if you're going to come out and you're going to make these hypotheses, these, give it these theories, COVID was a lab leak bioweapon. Okay, then it isn't possible that it has a deadly effect on a population. Well, people want to argue that it is a lab leak, but that it's actually not that bad. I'm like, okay. well, for a lot of people, we've seen that it's 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 not as bad as, say, like an airborne Ebola. But isn't it possible that covid has these side effects? 
There are a lot of people that argue long COVID is secretly vaccine injury. Maybe. I don't know. I also know people who have had chronic illness who are not vaccinated. I think people want to believe things like Matt Bender. We've had him on the show. He doesn't want to understand me at all. He wants to assume the most negative approach to a story. The left generally does that. You are the other. Therefore, you're wrong. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, there will be no honest attempt at interpreting what you're saying. In fact, the honest approach would have just been like Matt could have responded with, did you read the article and see that the kid didn't have a heart attack? I would have responded with, yes, the point was 11 year olds don't have heart attacks. That's the joke. Calm down. 11 year olds have heart attacks all the time. They literally don't. It would be extremely rare and alarming if that were the thing to have happened. And there's probably more reasonable uh, uh, solutions or I'm sorry, explanations as to why this was happening. I also think it's fair to point out that on the minds of everybody and, you know, perhaps fair point to Matt, a lot of people are assuming these died suddenly events are directly tied to vaccines or something like that. But Matt didn't even bring up vaccines or anything like that. So it's like, what what's the point you're trying to make other than you just generally do not understand what's being said? This is where we are, my friends. This is what frustrates me. You've got things like the 2020 narrative. Mike Cernovich has been talking about ballot harvesting forever. And there were people who legitimately believed Donald Trump would be reinstated for some reason. They believed this March 3rd or something like that. And I'm like, why? I said this when with the election in Arizona, it is extremely likely and all likely, despite the fact there are legal challenges that Katie, uh, that Hobbs will be the, the, the governor. You might not like it. And there's a lot of things about what happened, tabulators failing, all that stuff. But that's where we're at, the raw exercise of power. I don't like jumping to conclusions. There are a lot of people who want to blame the vaccines. And I'm like, that's that's just I'm sorry. I just don't. You can blame covid equally the same. But people want to believe it, I think, because the government mandated vaccines. They want to believe that the mandates were wrong and those who fell for it or who abided by it are now suffering the consequences. It may be the case. I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers. That's kind of the point I'm making here is I don't know. It could be that many elderly people who were pressured, in, pressured into getting the vaccine were actually saved. I'm not going to believe that, to be completely honest, that like there were good intentions at play here because Cuomo and many other Democrat governors just straight up put sick people into nursing homes, killing the elderly. I don't think they were trying to save anybody. But um, I can't assert things without evidence. What we know Cuomo did put COVID patients in nursing homes for some reason, and then elderly people died from COVID. You can also argue that they died with COVID, not from COVID, and then who knows? But a lot of people did die. I got COVID. It sucked. Hey, it was a big catalyst for me losing a lot of weight, though, so that worked out for me, I suppose. Dropped 30 pounds. How about that? I didn't care before this. I was just like, you know, whatever. It's like I, I skated. I just ate what I felt like, and I weighed what I weighed. And then afterwards, I just had like a just a change, you know, after getting sick, I was like, I'm just not going to eat sugar, you know, and then lost a lot of weight. I wish that there was an honest attempt at real communication. I appreciate Matt Bender coming on the show and having the conversation we did, but it did seem like even on the show, he could not understand things. Like after the show ended, we continued to talk for like an hour and he was exhausted. He was like, how are you still talking? And I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't sleep. I may <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I stopped eating sugar and I'm getting all this protein and fat energy. Oof. Doing things right. Exercise. 
But it was like, no matter what I said, he just genuinely couldn't comprehend. So I have an idea based on all of this. The first thing is I want to stress, I am not your run of the mill tribalist. I will not come out and blame vaccines without evidence of anything. I will not come out and blame COVID without evidence of anything. I will insist that people talk to medical professionals they trust who can answer their questions and not get advice from me. If you want to believe in election conspiracy theories, you're allowed to do it. And very well, I may be wrong, but I'm not going to believe things unless someone comes and presents the evidence to me, hard evidence. I have seen things that lead me to conclude that when it comes to things like the election, ballot harvesting is how they were able to pull it off changing the rules. In fact, in that Time magazine article about fortification, the shadow campaign, they outright explain how they changed the laws and expanded mail-in voting to win. So when people are like, how could it be possible? If you don't think it's possible that Democrats collected 80 million plus votes for Biden, you will lose again, like you did in Georgia and like you almost did in the midterms this time around, or I should say partially lost. It's because you can't understand, you can't fathom that they have found ways to get the votes. Knocking on doors, filling them out. Ballot harvesting is the key. Sure, I mean, there's probably fraud across the board, but they don't need it. So that's, that's, that's my point. You're not going to get a partisan tribal narrative from me. But I genuinely just wished, believe, hoped that there was a possibility that we could communicate but if we can't, Myelianopoulos said this to Ian, and it was masterfully stated. Uh, I'm sorry, not to Ian, to a super chatter. He said, when there is a gap in intellect this far, it is just impossible to, to explain or communicate. I got an idea. Universal basic income. Hold on, hear me out. You guys are going to agree with me, and I'm going to let you stew for a minute so that you're sitting there going, what? You what? Nah. Hold on. I would like to propose universal basic income, let's say $1,000, $1,500 per month to anyone who so chooses to receive it. And upon accepting even a single check, you are ineligible to vote. Plain and simple. Hey, look, man, you don't care about these things, right? How would you like to just get guaranteed income to live your life? Here's your money. And now Upon accepting this money, you are not eligible to vote. It's a choice, not by force. If you want to vote, well, you got to support yourself. If you want us to pay for it, then you can't be voting. That simple. Sound good? I think it's a potential idea to solve a lot of these problems. Anyway, I'll leave it there. I can't tell you why people are dying suddenly. It could be the media is reporting on it because they need ad revenue. It could be that simple. It could be that... With the faltering economy, and, the, and, the, and, the, and look, CNN's laying people off, BuzzFeed's laying people off. It could be as simple as they're desperate for stories. It could be COVID. Some people say, how could it be COVID? Why wouldn't they just come out and say it was COVID? It's possible that COVID is worse than people realized. It was one of the worst illnesses I've ever experienced. But it's also possible people like Bill Gates don't want to lose too much money. Maybe Bill Gates is like, it's good that things are being locked down and the planet's healing. But it's bad that if we continue this for another six months, then I'll really be broke. Do you think rich people wanted to lose all their money too? No, no. They only wanted to lose a certain amount. After the fact, they don't care if you die. That's why I've always been like middle of the road as it, as it pertains to all the COVID stuff. Certainly, there are studies coming out that are interesting about vaccines. And the more they do, the more I will say, here are the studies. I tweeted about them. But in the meantime, 
feel free to speculate and and come to conclusions of your own uh, um, knowledge. Tell me that I'm wrong in the comments below. I have no problem with that. I'm just, I don't know, middle of the road. People say milk toast fence sitter. Yes, I, I, I embrace that because it's funny and sometimes true. But what I actually am pertaining to issues like this is I want to be right and I don't want to lead people astray. You want that? Go to the mainstream media. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear about the far right without evidence. I'm not going to do that. But when it comes to free speech and things like that, I'll call it out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.